Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Live and thriving and joyous on this Tuesday because if you can't take in the sunshine of Thomas DeCelestino without a smile, then you're not living. Good morning, Tommy. Good morning, Bill. Happy Tuesday to you. Good to see you, buddy. You're wearing the uh, the Miami shirt today, right? Is that what I see? I'm representing the ACC. There's a lot going on these days. Celebrate those conferences while they still exist. I like it. Some bold slash desperate slash perplexing rumors, possible machinations attached to Tom's conference. Look, I'm not a geography buff, and occasionally I'll be in casual conversation and make some offhanded comment about this place being near this place. And I get the look that one gets when someone realizes you're an idiot. That's okay. But I do know, I'm pretty sure, I mean, I would bet a lot that the ACC, Atlantic Coast Conference, I believe, uh, Atlantic Ocean, the east side of the country, uh, is on one side of the country, and Cal and Stanford are all the way on the other side, where I am at on the west coast. And yet those two entities or those two schools and that entity have been attached to each other. We will hit that as part of the madness of it's not realignment. It's the Game of Thrones that is college football conferences continues. Uh, The Dodd father, Dennis Dodd, our buddy, excellent college football insider for, for CBS Sports, my colleague there will join us in an hour. By or sell will be on the show. Hard Knocks is coming back tonight, and it might be the first time I can't remember how many years that it's interesting, and it's riveting, and I want to see it. Aaron Rodgers, say what you want. I've said a lot. Almost all of it true. The guy is a draw. The guy is really interesting. The Angels continue to be bafflingly bad after the bold mistake of holding on to Shohei Otani. They lost last night. We have a bold prediction from a young NBA aspiring superstar not named Victor Webanyama that he's going to take something from Victor that everyone thinks is Wemby's to have. We'll, We'll throw a little NBA spice into the mix. And Tom wants to rank his favorite five movies of all time. I don't know if we'll have time for that and what to sell, but we'll see. He's got a whole presentation, uh, uh, what is it called, where you have slides, what is it called, slide, PowerPoint, but I'm like, Tom, it's a radio show, I don't think people will be able to see it, so that'll be kind of fun. Uh, phone number is 855-212-4CBS, Twitter, Sports Writer, Sports, R-E-I-T-E-R. Sports teams, businesses, organizations, even those under a very public glare, a very well-seen spotlight are sometimes able to hide their dysfunction for a certain amount of time. But like a relationship, it usually comes to the surface. I always marvel, because my my wife and I and the kids and I like to go out to eat a lot. We live in L.A., the weather's nice, 
So we'll go out two or three times a week. We'll sit outside and we'll have dinner. And I'm always the guy that would take my kids to a nice restaurant. There's a place called Garozo's in Kansas City. It's an old school Italian place. It's pretty, I don't want to say it's highfalutin, but not a lot of kids there. Madeline, my now 14-year-old daughter, ate there when she was two weeks old for the first time. Was she crying and screaming? We didn't care. We take our kids out. And so we experience a lot of things. We try to be kind of aware of what's around us. And I always marvel if you sit at a restaurant long enough, if you're quiet enough, if you pay attention to people around you, how many folks, maybe some you know, will just share their dysfunction when they get mad at each other. People who can't control their tempers. People that are insecure. People that aren't very confident. People that aren't very good at managing interpersonal relationships. In businesses, bosses that think that they're magical in their ability to manage folks but actually are disastrous. It eventually comes to the forefront. And man, what a reality it has been for the Baltimore Orioles over the last 24 hours. Like those people at that restaurant, like companies you've worked for. You can't hide who you are forever, especially when you're in the public eye. Especially when everybody's paying attention. Now, I understand that Baltimore's having a hell of a year. I understand that they are a surprise team in Major League Baseball. And give credit to their front office for the youth movement they've put together, the years of suffering they went through, the long-term rebuild that was based on stockpiling young talent in their minor league system and getting it to matriculate to the, to the majors. It's worked. It's been great. But now I understand just how difficult that task was given what appears, at least from a distance, to be the thin-skinned amateur hour petty reality of the folks who run the Orioles. I'm mostly talking about John Angelos, who's the owner's son, historic, well-known owner of the Angelos family. Here's the story, and here's the deal. And here's why you should care. Here's the story. An announcer I've never heard of, I'm sure many of you have, I don't watch Orioles games that regularly, not locally. Kevin Brown, back in, what, July? Was doing his pregame when Baltimore was going to Tampa Bay. Now, there are, as you know, 162 of these games. So if you're one of the play-by-play guys, if you're one of the broadcasters, you've got to fill a lot of time. And yesterday, it popped to my screen that Kevin Brown has vanished from the airwaves. Now, I didn't know who Kevin Brown was or that he'd vanished. And you should care because, again, it's an insight. Like when you go to dinner and you see your neighbors talking to each other in a way that would make Howard Stern blush in public, it reveals what sometimes... Outsiders will see at the Christmas holiday party if you're forced to bring your wife and then you have to go home and be like, I told you that the boss is crazy. I wasn't making it up. He hits people at social events. That kind of revelatory reality for what the Orioles are dealing with at a top level, what the front office and everybody is dealing with in terms of culture, came to the forefront with this news that Kevin Brown had been suspended for something he said in July pregame at a Tampa Bay game. Now, you would think, because I did, I didn't have the context of what was going on. I just saw it on my Twitter And before reading the story, I just clicked on Kevin Brown's comments. I'm going to play them for you in a second. I want the setup. There was, you know how sometimes when you you get on Twitter and you you push the, I'm sorry, when you get on X, so dumb, and you push the, you know, you play it, and you're like, wait, why isn't it playing? You go to your volume, but your volume's already on. Then you realize that X doesn't autoplay, which I guess is good if you're at the office watching stuff. You shouldn't. I, you know, I tend to work from home once I'm done with the radio show. Right? So i got to go down and find the stupid little mute button. Then you click it, and maybe it pauses. I would say 20 seconds of this clip went by before I could get sound. Then I started playing it. And I, I listened with sort of horrifying anticipation, because as a, as a broadcaster, it is a nightmare that you're going to say something or say the wrong word or... 
and maybe Kevin Brown. I don't know. I was just waiting, and it was, and it got done. Crazy innocuous. But I thought, okay, it's the first 15 seconds, 20 seconds, when I was trying to unmute the thing because I'm a real savant with the technology. So I played the first 15 seconds. Nothing. Innocuous. I thought, why does this guy get suspended? I must have missed it because, again, I'm not very good at stuff. So I just started the whole clip over, making sure the little mute thing was off, played it. Nothing. Kevin Brown is a talented broadcaster who has been suspended, even if the Orioles are saying it's not a suspension, and is expected to come back August 11th. He was doing a pregame on this showdown with the Tampa Bay team that tends to beat Baltimore. And a year where Baltimore's playing really, really well. And apparently, John Angelos, who is the son of the owner of Baltimore, and it's worth knowing the Orioles own, it's like 77% of Masson, and I don't know how to pronounce it. It's, what are you, stealing from Nesson? Just call it something else. Uh, the broadcast network that does games locally. So they have a lot of power. And by the way, it doesn't matter if you own the television station or not. Every broadcaster works at the pleasure of the team, which means the owner, if they're involved enough or thin-skinned enough or petty enough, regardless of the actual reality. Here are the jarring, unbelievable, shocking words that Kevin Brown said that got him pulled off the airways for a very long time. Brandon Hyde has felt like this has been maybe the toughest ballpark to play in, but the Orioles have a chance to do something special today. They've already clinched at least a split in the series, winning two of the first three, and they could pick up a series win behind Tyler Wells today. It's been a minute. The Orioles split a two-gamer with the Rays in June. They had lost their last 15 series here at Tropicana Field. You have to go back to when our now colleague Brad Brock picked up the win in the series finale June 25th, 2017, the last time the Orioles won a series here at St. Pete. Already got three and two of the chop this year after winning three of 18 the previous three years combined. It is a stark difference, Ben, and it is not a bad Rays team. It's not like all of a sudden the Rays uh, became slouches in the American League East. They've led this division every day, but now two, and the Orioles once again are back alone in first place. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking you missed it. Don't worry. I'm not going to make you listen to the whole clip again. I I did just because the music seemed like kind of fun on a Tuesday. Oh, Tommy's doing the shoulder dance. Tom's got some moves. I always wondered how he wooed Mrs. Diesel. It was on the dance floors of Jersey. Yeah, there's nothing in there. Apparently, reciting the factoids, the reality, the history of Baltimore struggles at Tropicana, I think their graphic was Tropical Storm. I like a good pun, which means by the way, there are graphics put together on this. A producer either helped or, or sort of dictated or thought, let's, let's, let's do this. It's always the talent that gets fired. Freaking producers. I guess he didn't get fired. He got suspended. Tom's celebrating that, that reality. And then there was yesterday an outcry and frustration and anguish, and it's unfair. Because I think all of us, and, and you know, I'm not a big-time broadcaster. You're probably not a big-time broadcaster. This is a young guy. Who, who's broadcasting on MLB games. That, that's a, he's a successful dude. But I think we can all relate in a serious way to people's careers and livelihoods being jeopardized by the whims of some rich boss. In this case, the kid of some rich boss because he felt like the facts were insulting because he can't handle reality. It wasn't criticism, by the way. was reality. But it also speaks, I think, to and explains of the Baltimore Orioles the reality of the culture that they're in. And more importantly, when Mr. Angelos is no longer in charge, when he's fully removed from the action, and his son John is presumably a controlling or the controlling guy, that does not bode well for Baltimore. Ownership, 
matters. I know the Orioles are playing well. I understand it. I get it. But talking about this to you is twofold. One, I do think it says something about this organization and their culture and certainly the future leadership of it. And you can ask the Phoenix Suns whether or not ownership matters. You can ask the Washington Commanders to be renamed something else whether or not ownership matters. You can ask the New York Knicks whether or not ownership matters. You can go down the list. It does. And two, because one nice thing about having a radio show and getting to decide what we talk about is that when some powerful, obnoxious, thin-skinned, bratty, I inherited the world, born on third base, and I'm going to punish anyone for running quickly to first base, loser decides to go after somebody's career with massive power, we get to choose to open a show and say, what an absolute reflection of a lack of class by John Angelos, by that organization, by the Orioles, if the reporting out there is accurate, that that's the reason Kevin Brown hasn't been on the air, that he was suspended or put off the air, or whatever you want to call it, for saying facts, innocuous facts. I can remember, because I'm, I'm a Cubs fan, Steve Stone, back in the day. Steve Stone, former pitcher, played for the White Sox and the Cubs, uh, was the voice of my childhood, right? We all have one. He was the, he was the, he was the, the color guy next to Harry Carey, and after Harry Carey, the folks that followed. And Steve Stone, at some tenure this century, color guy, right? He was somewhat critical of the Cubs, and they're, you know, they're always bad. And they ran him off for it. And I thought that was outrageous. But that was opinion Steve Stone was saying, and it was outrageous. And you might have similar examples if you work in markets or you're fans of markets or fans of teams that have owners who have thin skins. This is a guy saying the facts. This is a good Orioles team. They struggled against Tampa Bay over the years. They're better this year. It's not a big deal. Hey, hey, John. John, I can't speak what it's like to be born into a life of privilege. I can't speak to what it's like to be the son of some rich, successful guy and get to ride that wave. But maybe you should take a little time experiencing the real world and less time frantically listening to your own broadcasts for slides that don't exist to understand how to manage real people and your baseball team. You've embarrassed yourself if these, accu- these reports are true. You've embarrassed your dad if these reports are true. You've embarrassed baseball if these reports are true. And you've embarrassed the Orioles organization if these reports are true. Kevin Brown deserves an apology from you. And if you're a, a guy that can grow and learn a little bit, maybe you'll be able to figure out and find out what it's like in the real world where facts matter and daddy spoiled kids shouldn't get to dictate the future of careers of folks just doing their job. Shame on you, bro. 855-212-4CBS. Good to have a leader in the clubhouse for Bum of the Week, by the way. We got ahead of that one. 855-212-4CBS is the phone number. Uh, we are going to get into this crazy Cal Stanford rumor. I guess I say it's crazy, but in a world of madness, maybe you have to be crazy to survive. We'll talk about Cal and Stanford being attached to a conference for which they have no business being associated, and we'll see whether or not Diesel wants to unload a list for the agents. It's all coming up next year on CBS Sports Radio. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, 
You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to Writer Than You. Are you a loaded mashed potato guy? Like a yes. loaded? Me yes. too. I want to cut in half and I want bacon, cheese, chives, all of it right on. I want amazing. All of it. Give me everything. Extra crispy, though. I like I like the baked potato extra crispy. Mm, I don't know. We, we kind of differ there. On CBS Sports Radio. Welcome back into Writer Than You, a, sh- a show about sports, pop culture, life, and baked potatoes. 855-212-4CBS is the phone number. Uh, DMC's voice tweets at SportsWriter. That's me. As a huge O's fan, I am personally offended by Kevin Brown and what he said in that clip. Or, no, wait. I'm offended that my team is owned by losers like the Angeles family. GM, GM, excuse me, Elias has this team excelling in spite of the ownership. That is the reality. That is the that is the fact. Front office has done a hell of a job, despite the clearly thin-skinned nature of those running the show. Tom, I was going to ask you on the air, who's the worst boss you ever had? And then I realize you've only worked here. Yeah, I got a very limited sample size. Man, not me. Before I got to, to CBS, there were some dudes. Mostly in my newspaper days, there were some doozies, man. There were some real bums. One guy in particular, back in my toward the end of my newspaper career, was a just a terrible person. I don't hate many people. Didn't you get into like a uh, like Tim Anderson, Jose Ramirez type style <laughs> fight with one of them? You used to hit people and like fight people. <laughs> That works for him at, at like social events he made you go to. So I, no, I just once I, I was in a hallway and yeah, I told the story. I didn't want to tell in the air. And I put him in. He was like, "I'm trying to fight me." So I just put him in a headlock and used my legs in the hallway to just hold him down. <laughs> I may have slapped his face and made him call me his like his daddy, I think, or something. <laughs> Before I let him up. Shockingly, my career sort of floundered at that point at that particular spot. <laughs> Glad I got on newspapers and TV. <laughs> a real politician. Who's your daddy? You mean that didn't do wonders for you? It did wonders, just in the wrong direction, in the wrong. And then I was writing obits a short time later, and that's real good obits, though. I was good at writing obituaries, just not what I really aspired to do. That wasn't the goal. Wasn't the the big time. But sometimes things happen that don't make sense, and it can be magic. I like writing obits. It was honestly, it was like an honor. You realize how much people cared about those stories because it was the last thing their loved ones were ever gonna, you know, be mentioned in a newspaper. In the same way that sometimes maybe there's combos you don't that you think will be disastrous and it'll be joyous. I'm not holding my breath, and I'm also not making this up. Stanford and Cal are two of the four remaining Pac-12 slash Pac-4 schools, and there was some talk that maybe 
when the disintegration of the Pac-12 was happening in real hyperspeed time last week, that maybe those two schools would join Oregon and Washington in a move to the Big Ten. Now, it didn't go that way. Oregon and Washington went. Several of the schools went to the Big 12. Those four left, and they need a home. And the, the reporting out there is that there's a possibility, I still can't believe this is a reality, that the ACC, which I'm sure you know is on the other side of the country, could be interested in adding Stanford and Cal. And let me say a couple things. Let me actually read a tweet that certainly, I think, gives the perspective from Daniel Procopa on Twitter. He writes, the ACC adding two California teams makes as much sense as the SEC adding Missouri, which is neither Southern or Eastern. Yeah, even less sense than that. It doesn't make sense in the way that we understood college sports. It doesn't make sense, speaking of Missouri, what their football coach said, and we played, I guess, on the show yesterday, what it would mean for every athlete who's not a college football, college basketball athlete traveling in some kind of style. Right? You play softball, you play tennis, you play, you're a swimmer, whatever, lacrosse. Tom, do you want any random sports thrown in there as part of the mix? Baseball, even. I don't think your new favorite sport, pickleball, I don't think that's caught on yet at the collegiate level. When college pickleball spreads, that'll be beautiful. It doesn't make sense for any of that. Here is where it does make sense in a sort of upside-down kind of reality. When I was in high school at Waldert High School, class of 96 in Dubuque, Iowa, Golden Eagles on uh, Eagles Wings, Tom, Catholic school. On Eagles Wings, uh, I had, a, I had a, a teacher, I loved him, Mr. Man, I loved him enough to know his name, Mr. Rollins, Mr. <laughs> Rollins? Man, I'm sorry, Mr. Rollins. And uh, he would always talk about how your enemy's enemy is your friend. And the point of that class was you get weird pairing sometimes when things are chaotic and you're at war. It's a war for survival. It doesn't make sense that the ACC would pair up with two West Coast schools. It is the enemy of reason. It is the enemy of travel. It is the enemy of being financially feasible for those smaller, non-lucrative programs at the college level. It is the enemy of what makes sense to all of us. But it makes sense if you're in a war for your survival. And the fact is the ACC, remember, Florida State and Clemson agitating, Florida State publicly agitating, Rumors that they might want to go somewhere else for their own survival. Everybody's just trying to survive. It's a stampede. Everybody's civilized until they're fearing for their safety and there's run in every direction. That's exactly what is happening in college football. And, and so the ACC's goal in the short term is not to thrive. It's not to be highly, highly monetized. Oh, we got to add these, these schools so we get the TV revenue or we get the markets. No, man. It's a life preserver. They are looking to become big enough that they're hard to consume too big to take too big of a bite out of, to be large enough that the other schools don't wobble and run away. We all saw the Pac-12 with this sort of horror show awe as it just crumbled in front of us. But it doesn't affect us individually, probably, most of us. It does if you're the ACC, if you're the commissioner of the ACC, if you're the athletic director or a president of one of those schools, if you're a decision maker, watching the Pac-12 disintegrate looks a lot like what could happen to you. And not in three years, because it happened so quickly, you start to realize, oh, this can happen in three days. This can happen in three hours. Florida State's leadership making comments about maybe we should be somewhere else or we don't get enough money, rumors of Clemson eyeing a different conference, that is the kind of thing that can trigger the collapse of your conference. It's extinction over, literally overnight. That's what we learned last week. So I don't love it. It doesn't make sense for the way that you and I understand college sports. It obviously geographically is stupid. But the Big Ten, the Big 12, 
the Pac-12 when it existed long ago stop having 10, 12, and 12 schools. Like that, they're just names that don't that don't matter. And so, if I'm the ACC, I am exploring Stanford and Cal. I am looking into the idea that this makes sense. Remember, they have the ACC a television deal with ESPN through 2036 that several members have been frustrated with and don't think it financially makes sense in the long term. But what is one man's small amount of money is a fortune to another man. We have to invite this we have to explain this to my kids all the time. We live a very modest life in a very immodest place. You know, we're from the Midwest and Lori and the kids as I've mentioned on the show the last few days are back in Lima, Ohio, where there's reality. We have several people that live in our community, most of the people, frankly. Kids my kids go to school with their parents who have massive amounts of money. And it's just, it, it's not, I, there are people in my community, I just found this out, Tom, who fly to Copenhagen on private jets for dinner. We're trying to impress on my children, if we go out to eat, that's a big deal. When I was a kid, if we, if we went out to eat once a month, it was a really big deal. What's the point of what I'm saying? To these parents, right, to these folks I'm talking about, some random trip isn't that much money, right? It's not a big deal. To me, maybe to you, it is. And so that ACC deal may not seem like a whole bunch of money to those that feel like they belong in the upper echelons of the financial reality of college football. And if you're Florida State and you think that's you, good for you. But if you're Stanford and you're Cal and your conference doesn't exist and you're on the outside looking in and you're trying to look and figure out how to survive and make anything, if you're like most people and you're just trying to get by for the moment, then what the ACC has to offer isn't paltry, isn't small, it's reality. Everybody's reality is different based on what they experience. Now, I'm not trying to pick on rich people, right? If you're rich, good for you. I wish I was rich. I'd love to be rich. Let's not, let's not get it twisted. I win the lottery tomorrow. I'm not going to give the money away. I'm going to give some of it away, but not a lot. I'm going to enjoy my life. I'm going to get on one of those private jets. I'm going to go to Copenhagen. Just to like, look at those obnoxious rich people like, yeah, I'm here too, bro, in my stained 20-year-old T-shirt. But most of us live in reality. And the reality is you do what you got to do to get by. Cal and Stanford got to find a landing spot. And if you start to think as a, as a college football, as a, as a sports conference, about your existence in regional terms, you're already dead. That's what the Big Ten understood. The SEC has I mean, two major advantages. One, they're the SEC. And, and their dominance and the passion for those schools and just what they command in terms of revenue, because who doesn't want to watch SEC football? It is one of the few must-watch things in American sports. It means they're always going to survive. But just geographically, I mean, they obviously extend to the East Coast, and now they go to Texas and Oklahoma, and Missouri as sort of a northern, as sort of a northern border for them, northwest side of things. That's a huge chunk of America. Just naturally, they already had a pretty big chunk. It's not that far from Texas to parts of the West Coast or the Southwest. It's just, it's just not. The Pac-12 thought regionally because they were a West Coast operation and they no longer exist. The Big Ten thought nationally in a way that we mocked, by the way. I mocked. You probably did too. I was short to Maryland, Rutgers. No, they had foresight. USC and UCLA, oh, that's, that's pretty amazing. They're kind of weird, West Coast. They had foresight. The ACC has been able, this is their advantage, to look and see what leads to survival and what leads to extinction. So, Tom, I know you don't love it, but given all the chaos, I understand why Cal and Stanford make 
interesting bedfellows for the ACC out of each of their desperation. I don't think they have a choice at this point. Whether they want to join the ACC or not, they're looking around, and they don't have options. If the ACC even has a glimmer, a glimmer of interest, what are Cal and Stanford supposed to do? I know there's been talk, there's been rumors, speculation that maybe Stanford you know, follows the Notre Dame model and goes independent. But the ACC has has a deal in place. Now, I know it wouldn't be a full a full on deal for these two schools, but like there's guaranteed money in that. You there's go independent. Money. You got to do your own thing. There's 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 uncertainty in that. Like it doesn't make a lot of sense. But when Cal and Stanford look around, it's the only option, even if it's a bad one. Stanford's a really good. Obviously, it's not Santa school. It has a fairly strong football tradition, even if recently it hasn't been as strong. And I'm not disrespecting their history, and, and to a, a small degree, they're full. But but they're not Notre Dame. I mean, Notre Dame as an independent school is a massive brand. It's also a Catholic school. So, like, I grew up in Dubuque, Iowa. I went to a Catholic school. I am Catholic. So all these kids in Dubuque, Iowa, and Dubuque's not that far from South Bend, but wanted to go to Notre Dame. Then I moved to L.A., and there's all these Catholic kids here, or several, who want to go to Notre Dame, who feel an affinity for Notre Dame. We joke, you give me a hard time all the time about about how the Cowboys are America's team. But there are a few actual teams in football, professionally or otherwise, that have actual big-time national brands. Where you walk around, you're like, okay, I'm going to see, if I see a cap or a shirt for that school or that, that, that team, it makes sense. Notre Dame's one of them. It just, it just, it is. That gives them, I think, a little more leverage, a little more ability to be independent. I, I, I don't think Stanford has that. I know there's a bunch of rich guys and rich women all over the country who went to Stanford, and they're really smart and good for them. I don't think Stanford makes it. In an, and the independent model is going to be a lot harder to pull off in the years ahead anyway, unless you are really, really capable of selling yourself as an individual entity. Your brand is so big. Stanford's brand cannot survive on its own. I don't know. You're... Is Stanford, if Stanford got back to a level of, of some of like some real, is Stanford Florida State an interesting game? Is Stanford Clemson an interesting? I mean, assuming those two schools stick around, if Stanford could ever get back to the point where when you know David Shaw had that program humming, it's like, not. Yeah, it's not, and I, I think it's going to be a lot harder in twenty twenty three to get it back to that point than it ever was before. So, is it interesting? Probably not. Is this a right. good deal for these two schools? Probably not, but what are the other options? I think it is a good deal. I think it is a good deal. Joining the Mountain West? No, the Mountain West. I mean, I'm not. The Mountain West either isn't going to survive in, or be, be around in three or four, five years, or it's going to be such a secondary. Can you name the conference, a Division Two conference that, I don't know, Michigan State? I can't even name those conferences. The Mountain West could be at that level of relevance at, at this rate. Yeah, because, I mean, you, you mentioned it. Because the other option, I, if this even is an option still at this point, is to recruit other schools back into the Pac-12. And you're looking at conferences no. like the AAC yeah. and the Sun Belt. I'm, I am surprised the Big Ten didn't make a push for these two schools. And I am surprised that the Big 12 hasn't been linked with these schools. And I know I'm not going against what I said. You can't think regionally. But, I mean, S- Stanford... And Cal, if you have those schools, you have the Bay Area, and that is a huge market, right? San Francisco, San Jose, that area has just a lot of people. So from just a television 
ratings perspective, it's not as if, and I'm not trying to take a shot, my family's my family from there, but it's not like it's Lincoln, Nebraska, or Iowa City, Iowa. We're like, okay, yeah, some history, but not a lot of people. There's a lot of people, a lot of people that spend money in that area. All right. Dotfather's going to tell us in 35 minutes what to expect. 25 minutes. Hashtag good at math. Uh, Tom, I'm sorry we didn't have time to get to your list. Can we do it later, your top five movies of all time? I'm really disappointed. I've had this list ready to go for days, <laughs> even weeks. I know. I got I laminated and everything. Yeah, I didn't put you on the spot and just say that at the start of the show and make you scramble to put it together. No, no, this has been well planned out. Yeah, it has been the opposite of conference realignment. It's been well planned and not chaotic. We'll get to the list. I'm sorry. We'll get to the list at the end of the show. But first, I do want to talk about a young NBA player eyeing up Victor Webanyama and basically saying, mm, I'm better. We'll get into that after we get a CBS Sports Radio update from my colleague and the guy that wrote about me, which is really cool, Peter Schwartz. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseballs and boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. You're listening to Writer Than You. He is Humpty Dumpty getting old. I mean, they about Humpty Dumpty, who fell off the ledge and all the kings, was it king or queens? Whatever, royalty. Tried to put him back together again. I don't know how old Humpty Dumpty was, but I don't think he was old. I think he was a young egg who fell off the stupid... By the way, if you're an egg, be careful when you're sitting on a ledge. Anthony Davis ain't a young Humpty Dumpty. He's an older, gray-beard Humpty Dumpty. On CBS Sports Radio. (laughs) What are you doing to me, Tommy? Pretty daddy, why? What do you mean? I gave you an NBA rejoin. You were talking some NBA. You see what I did there? That's a that's just me mumbling, mumbling, Humpty Dumpty. Like, <laughs> it's a five out loud thought. What's a Humpty Dumpty? Is he an egg? He is an egg. Is he hard-boiled? I don't know. Oh, I, are we on the air? I did ask my wife what she thought Humpty Dumpty was last night. Tell me. She said she had absolutely no idea. She thought it was a great question. She was stumped. And she said, you know, I don't know. She was stumpty dumpty. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Um, by the way, I, I, as you know, Lori and the kids out of town. What's up, Lima? And um, used to be on the air in Lima when we did the show in the evenings. Love, love that market. And uh, I'm on my own. I'm, 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 I'm in, I'm in bachelor mode. So I'm watching. I just started watching Justified, and I just finished season five last night. Holy cow, Tom! The show holds up. You gotta go watch Justified. That's the show. You and your wife will love it. It's funny. It's clever. It's re- justified, bro. Now you want me to go back and watch the original? Yeah, start of season one. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry about the new thing. Don't worry about that at all. Act no, like no, it doesn't no, no. exist. Yeah. And how many seasons do I gotta watch? I think there's five or six. We don't have to watch them all. That they're sounds like, like a lot. They're self-contained. You watch season one. 
Watch the opening scene of season one. <laughs> okay, I think I can do that. That's ten minutes. It's it's classic. Although knowing my history, I don't really do any of these assignments. No, you're you're <clears throat> bad at that. But like that's you know you're the Humpty Dumpty of these assignments. You just... Everybody's got a thing, right? That's my thing. Is not having a thing. <laughs> not doing a thing. I guess so. <laughs> All right. No, you do lots of things. I like Scoot Henderson. I like his swagger and confidence. He was drafted number three overall by the Portland Trailblazers, athletic point guard. I've had a scout call him John Morant plus, right? John Morant, but better. There is some concerns that like Russell Westbrook, and he's not there yet, but eventually when he gets a little bit older and his athleticism wanes a little bit, he doesn't have the shooting capability, but you can work on that. You, You can certainly improve on that as a young guy. Brandon Miller was taken second by Charlotte. Most people, eyebrow raiser, thought Scoot should have gone second because in most drafts, in almost every draft, the consensus out there among evaluators was that Scoot Henderson would be the number one pick in almost every NBA draft. But this isn't, this wasn't every NBA draft. It had Victor Webb and Yama, uh, the 10-foot-5, not really, 10-foot-5 unicorn extreme, guy so talented, and all the focus is on Wemby. What's he going to do? How many games is he going to play? How many points is he going to score? Triple doubles. The rookie of the year sort of feels like a, a given, right? Well, Scoot Henderson on the Playmakers podcast, I like this confidence, said as it relates to winning rookie of the year for Wemby, not so fast. My goal, obviously, to win rookie of the year, and I will win rookie of the year. My mindset for the rest of my career is going to be to be overly determined to dominate, just to be the best I could possibly be. All right, so here's a quick clip. And that's his goal. And what are you going to say? You know, if you get hired in a new job and, you know, your office mate went to Harvard and you went to Missouri like I did, and someone's like, how are you going to compete against John over here? We're going to be like, no, he's smarter than me. I'm going to lose. You're like, no, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be great. Success. But this guy believes in and means it and, and thinks that I think based on my, my very limited time around him at Summer League and watching him play. And maybe. Maybe. Wembenyama, the question mark about Wembenyama is how much he's going to play and, and to what degree it's going to take him a little bit of time to kind of get accustomed to the league. The reality is, and Wemby's touching the corn because he can handle the ball. Maybe what I'm, what I'm about to say doesn't apply. But normally it's much harder to assess big men, taller players, their first year or two in the NBA because they don't have the ball in their hands. And the way that a GM once explained it is having the ball in your hands speeds up the process of your development. Because if you have the ball in your hands, if you're actively dribbling or shooting or whatever whatever the situation is, you obviously have to operate against NBA-level players. So a point guard is going to have a much quicker learning curve. Think um, SGA in Oklahoma City, uh, formerly Clippers, now uh, Oklahoma City, how quickly he's developed, versus, say, Giannis, who took you know, three, four years to kind of find his groove. Point is, maybe Wemby, because he's not going to run the offense, not in the beginning, Wemby might take just a little more time to get to his highest highs. Scoot's going to have the ball in his hands all the time. I don't think it's the worst bet in the world, Tom. I don't even want to say the the other reason that if you're a gambling person, Scoot might make sense. But durability is something you worry about, too, with anybody, but especially a guy that is built the way that that Wembenyama is built. I know you're not a big gambler. You're not You're not Mr. Uh, the Bristler's not the better. I get it. It's different. Do you think I should consider... I actually can't bet on it because I vote for it. Do you think I should consider suggesting to other people that they put money on Scoot to be Rookie of the Year. I do. I like his confidence. And remember, this is a guy that passed over playing college hoops and played for the G League Ignite. Like, this is not new, his confidence. He's not just saying this to say this. Like, 
he's done it his way. He's only 19 years old. He's got to work on his shot. The team's not going to be very good, dot, 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 if they can trade Damian Lillard before this season starts. That still hasn't happened yet. People forget, like, yeah, Dame still wants out. It's going to be a bad team. He's probably going to take a lot of shots. He needs to work on his outside shot. But, yeah, I think there's value in it. He's 4-1, to one, plus 400. Yama is a huge favorite at minus 130. I hate being put on the spot by people, so I will do it to you. Which is, if you don't know, it's fine. I wouldn't get this. Do you know who the second favorite is to be rookie of the year? Technically, technically, he's not a rookie. Ooh. If I'm right. Well, technically he is a rookie, but you're right. He he didn't get drafted this last. Chet Holmgren. Who's really going into his second season, by the way? I know this is separate, but like, I don't know if he should be allowed to win it. If you don't play a single second, you qualify. There was a guy several years ago, I can't remember who it was. Might have been Julius Randle, who played... 11 minutes and got hurt in the first game or something along those lines and didn't qualify. But I believe Blake Griffin missed his first year and then won Rookie of the Year in his second year. Chet Holmgren, by the way, the best thing that happened to Chet Holmgren was Victor Webanyama because there's going to be so little focus on him. He's a unicorn, too. He's just a, It's like if, two, if you're walking through the woods, if you're going on a hike, if you need some nature, and you see two unicorns walk out of the field. You're like, oh my God, there's unicorns. But if one's like twice as big as the other one, you're going to look at the big unicorn, which is Wemby in this analogy. And the little unicorn is going to get away. You're like, okay. I mean, if, if it was by himself, you'd be like, a little unicorn. But it's a tiny, it's a little unicorn. I'm going to focus on the big unicorn. That's Holmgren, even though he's also, I think, 11 feet three. Uh, he's a little unicorn, Tom, compared to Wemby. I think it's great for him that he's flying under the radar. And I think having Oklahoma City make the play-in tournament last season, like I think a lot of things are going OKC and Chet Holmgren's way for this. I like the names Victor and Chet, by the way. Just as a random aside, good first names. Trey Young apparently want to play all right, FIBA basketball is, I don't even tell you what it stands for. It is an international competition that happens when the Olympics aren't going on. And there's not a, a a rock star, rock star roster. It's not the LeBrons, the world. Some interesting young players. And Trey Young was on Gil's Arena. I really want to hate it. That's the name of Gilbert Arenas' podcast. But it's so good. Is that is that how you feel when I drop a good dumb pun? Uh, yes. yes. You're like that's so dumb. Okay, all right, I like it. I, but I I kind of I kind of hate myself for liking it. Is that how you feel sometimes? Uh to a T. To a T. Yeah. Got it. Got it. What does to a T mean? Um. Here is so Trey Young is saying that he wishes he had played on this. This he made this roster. Apparently, according to Trey Young, he got passed over. Here is Gilbert Arenas' response. You see that list, man? They got man. Oh, sorry ass group. Like I'm sorry. Listen, I'm happy for the people who make it. Right? It's it's cool. Like you know, it's cool. It's cool for some of the guys who got there that I don't know. Right? That don't. Some of them probably don't even start on their team. I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. want to look at it because it's embarrassing sometimes where. Like, you have star play who's really stars that do want to participate, and you just automatically just say, yeah, he's not going to fit our style. How the f- you know if he's going to fit the style or not? You didn't get a man a chance. Or you don't even give a – like, there's, there's a reason there's a tryout. Invite us all and let us show you that we can adapt. We're – like, we didn't get to this level – because we didn't adapt. We adapted yeah. very well. So don't judge me how I'm playing on my team. Like, my team, mm-hmm. this is how I'm playing – let me show you what I can do around other players. What what do you call them? Sorry ass bunch? Uh yes. Yes. Would you be upset if you were described as part of a sorry ass bunch? It's certainly not a compliment. Paulo Bancaro? 
Jalen Brunson, Anthony Edwards, Brandon Ingram, Jaron Jackson Jr., Austin Reeves, among the players that are on the roster. Good, talented, young players. Future superstars. I would argue Anthony Edwards already a current superstar. Eric Spolstra, second coach behind Steve Kerr, Ty Lue, Mark Few, are, are the guys. I think it says more about Trey Young. He's obviously Trey Young, more talented or as talented or more accomplished at this point of his career than the names on the list that, that, that it's a sorry-ass bunch of guys. You wince every time I say that. I'm just quoting the person, Tom. I'm doing journalism. I don't like saying sorry-ass bunch. All right? But Gilbert called him a sorry-ass bunch. You're not going to get suspended for it. I don't have the power to do that. I would never do that to you for stating the facts. The facts, buddy. Don't pull an Orioles on me. It says more about Trey Young. They don't want him because there's something. This reinforces everything that I've said and reported and that the Hawks have pushed back on, that he's an issue, he's a problem in his locker room. They don't want him anywhere near the team. What a shock. He goes on a podcast, and the end result is Gilbert Arenas calling people a his would have been teammates, sorry, as a bunch of guys. Shock Trey Young's not there. Shocking. The Dodd father. What a name. Dennis Dodd. Going to talk some college football mayhem with us next year on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.